Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Nazar Labunets with Atacama. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Deep Srivastav, SVP Head of AI and Digital Transformation at Frankel Templeton. Welcome, Deep. Just today, I was just scrolling through LinkedIn and I saw something like, Gen AI is just the UI. So, and, and I think that's kind of the same idea. It kind of, you know, democratizes, like makes it easier, like the application of AI into like everyday tasks, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So it acts like the UI, it, uh, uh, it, it allows that engagement that was not there in the past. You know, you really had to go through a lot of complex processes. That engagement becomes so much more seamless. Um, and then it allows a cross collaboration. So, uh, so, so yeah, I think Gen AI starts to have a, you know, it, I have seen it starting to break down silos in a pretty meaningful way. Ah, that's interesting. Can you, can you give an example? You did mention like connections between different decision-making, you know, bodies or contexts. So can you give an example of, of that, how, how it breaks down silos and connects people or systems more? Um, so say, for example, if uh, you were working on, uh, you know, trying to improve any of the operational processes, right? You know, so what you would typically do is uh, you get a set of data. Um, uh, you're trying to then analyze, compare uh, two different reports and so on, right? So the reports may be coming from two different sources. Uh, they may have completely different because they have their own usage. What would you do in the past? In the past, if you had to really connect uh two different sources of information to make a decision, you would have to get all the data together in one place, right? And that's that's the way you always think about it. Uh, and then the humans had to have it in a very structured way together to say, okay, what does this decision make? But now a human can go in, you know, interact with one report, say, this is what I'm thinking about, uh, go on a console and then say, okay, this is what my next question is going to be. So they went and extracted information, which was sitting in two completely different silos sitting right on your console and you're able to get them together. That kind of a power would not exist in the past, right? So that's where decision makers can start connecting their silos and that can happen at a very small operational tactical level. It can also happen at a very strategic level. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, that's that's a nice example. Let's talk about, you know, the importance of data quality and data governance, you know, for AI, for Gen AI, for ML models, for all kinds of you know applications that that we can think of, like what's your what's top of your mind on, on this topic? So uh, now that you bring up an important point, and I think that's why while back to what I said in the beginning, that while a lot of these opportunities are there, it's very important to be aware of what can go wrong, right? And data quality is a critical component of that, right? Now. Mm -hmm. For all of us who have been in the data space, we've always worried about data quality. But think about how much more important it becomes now versus in the past. In the past, when a human is making a decision, you get some data, you get some output, based on that, you're making a decision, right? Um, if something looks wrong, you go and talk to a few people or you push back on what that information was, make sure that something has gone wrong in the system, you can collect all of that information, right? So there were a lot of these implicit controls that used to exist. A challenge in an AI world is that you've got a system that you can extract this information, that information may be getting fed into another AI system. Another kind of decision may happen over there. 
that may be fed into a third system. So a lot of these interconnections that we talked about, while they are powerful in breaking down the silos, they also significantly magnify, amplify the impact of what can go wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And that makes data governance, data management so much more important than what it used to be in the past. Um, and more important, you need systems which can then flag where things can go significantly wrong. So, you know, you need a lot more of those advanced capabilities where you're saying that, you know, you need a lot more of trend monitoring, trying to control these problems right at the source. Um, and and so, so my guess is that the implication of this on a data management will just continue to rise. Hmm. Very interesting. I see. Um, and it seems to me that this is like very much connected to gen ai what you just mentioned you know how how you know improper inaccurate information can can skew results can distort you know reality and answers and decision making um what about or does that is that applicable to other areas of ai as well for you i think it's applicable to other areas equally you know because again as i said a lot of those decisions they don't happen purely in terms of unstructured data they are also happening with the structured data right um, now the only benefit or the leg up is that on the structured data the industries had been working on data management techniques for years right so you have a lot more capabilities that exist and they are much more mature on that side um uh, but you will still have the challenge that there's a lot of data and you're making those decisions and something is going wrong uh, in that space, right? So so the level of errors in the structured side and their impact continues to go. Thankfully, you have the right technologies. We just need to double down on them if you don't have as an enterprise enough or, or as you continue to acquire more data. But then, yes, on the unstructured side, um, they are much more significant because unstructured data by its nature has its own challenges, right? And then Gen AI is a technology. I think as we've seen hallucinations and you know those kind of problems come up, come up a lot, which have kind of become a big word. Um, but what you effectively understand is that it doesn't work. Uh, there, there is a certain uh, you know probability by which you will see some of those outcomes happen. So there's a lot of chances of things going wrong. So how do you tame that? That work has increased. More important, the capability set of how do you manage that risk is not mature yet. People are still figuring out what the implications would be. People are still figuring out how exactly to manage bias, right? So those technologies are not there yet. Uh, so that evolution will take its own time, uh, just the way it happened in this case of the structured data. Right, I see. Um, and, you, and you managed to you know that some capabilities are important and you managed monitoring data, let's say on the source level. What other capabilities are important you know, to assure high quality data for AI? Or, or just AI accuracy, right? Reliability. So I think the other big part of this is what I would call is the explainability side. You know, uh, because what happens is that when the decisions and the tasks were more human oriented, then it was possible to have a good understanding of why certain decisions are happening, or there was always, you know, someone who could point out to what 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 those reasons were. When you get into AI systems, they become big pretty quickly. So how do you know who has made the decision? Why has those decisions been made? You need a lot of that understanding. And are there, if there are changes in the decisions, are they because underlying data changed? Or is it simply because the models are pointing to something new? So, so ab ability to see into those systems and really understand what's going on, uh, that becomes a challenge, right? And you don't want to be in a space where 
uh, we do not have the right oversight. So we spent a significant amount of effort in how exactly are we monitoring the output? How can we monitor the intermediate steps? Uh, how can we create an explanation of those decisions, uh, creating the transparency around it? Those elements are the crucial ones. And I think that part is uh, significantly shooting up. Um, kind of related to that is the whole issue of uh, bias in the data or about the, uh, you know, the, the bias in the underlying data then showing up in what the output could look like. So, so those are the areas where strong oversight mechanisms, uh, making sure that technology teams come together with the subject matter experts and build the right oversight. I think those, uh, you know, uh, that focus has significantly grown. So it seems that what you mentioned is something that could be called AI governance, right? How do we want to monitor? How do we want to feed, etc. Right? Um, right. And are there any like specific technologies? And I don't mean vendors um, that are key, like for you to assure, you know, that governance, that tracking, monitoring uh, of AI models. Um, yeah, so I think to your point, uh, the tracking mechanisms uh, are developing at multiple levels and back to your point, you know, without getting into the vendors and so on. Uh, but a lot of it, let's start with some of the basics like outlier detection. Outlier detection is a significant capability that has a huge impact uh, and that will continue to grow. Uh, that is the part we actually tend to be most focused on because, you know, Obviously, when you say that these systems are working good, you're always looking at the core numbers and the averages and how much improvement is coming in. Uh, but you've got to be super focused on what can go wrong on the extremes, on the edges, as an example. So new capabilities are emerging on that side that allows you to stay on top of those uh, very well. Um, a lot on stress testing, scenario testing, right? So because that's another way you don't want to do those outliers and uh, that monitoring only in production systems, right? So before you launch something, have you been able to really test out those scenarios? Uh, have you been able to bring up the right scenarios? So how do you even create those scenarios itself becomes a job? Um, uh, it may oftentimes require synthetic data to be created, right? Um, not just what you have seen historically, because you know historical data the systems get trained on, but you never know what the new problem sets tend to be, right? So outlier detection and monitoring creating the synthetic, uh, synthetic data, simulations, uh, stress testing, all of those areas uh, are becoming significant, much more significant today than before. Yeah, fantastic. Um, thank you, Deep, for joining me today. And uh, please visit cdomagazine.tech for more interviews. Thank you. Oh, thank you for the opportunity, Nazar. I appreciate the time.